Welcome to the Good Rookie Show. My name is Fahim. And my name is Nelly J, y'all. And we are Good Rookies. That's right. <laughs> What's going on, everybody? Happy Good Tuesday. And guess what? It's the Good Rookie Show. Yep. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> so, y'all, thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening in, watching, wherever you're from. But, Fahim, I'm so excited, y'all. As you know, every episode we drop and discuss the hottest topics in sports and culture, right? So, Fahim, let's get the party started. What we got going on today, brother? All right. So, first, I guess we'll start with the G League. Uh, so, the Ignite, G League Ignite. The G League team, which is kind of, I guess, a special G League team, they're made up of young players who don't want to maybe go overseas or want to avoid the NCAA, and they want to have that pro experience and also be paid in process. So this Ignite team, it's nothing new. It's been around for a few years. But what is new about them is they're now moving the G League Ignite team, which Jalen, Jalen Green is uh, their most recent and most popular uh, graduate from. They're moving. So of all places, Las Vegas. So Las Vegas is going to have a G League team. Yo, honestly, Vegas is the place to be. They host the Summer League. They got an NHL. They got an NFL, right? They got a WNBA. All they're missing is one other. Um, you know, I, I just think that, like, I remember, remember before any team was there, folks were like, can Vegas handle a sports team? Is that mm -hmm. really a sports town? Folks don't just come in, transition. I mean, like more like traffic coming in and out, transactional type fans. Mm -hmm. But look, they built an amazing stadium for him. They've hosted great football and other sporting events. And now they have an Ignite, a G League Ignite team. So, I mean, and I had friends who went to the Summer League that said it's a great place and how they wish that they can have an actual league there all year mm -hmm. round, right? So mm -hmm. I'm happy for Vegas. And I think they're going to be successful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're just mentioning about them, um, people wishing that they had a team. Uh, so it looks like uh, it's between Seattle. This is like the unofficial uh, inside talk, what's been happening with in regards to uh, expansion, is Seattle and also Vegas. Those are two front runners. Um, ideally, you'd assume with 30 teams now, those two teams would be the ones, or there's two more teams that's going to be in. And we can assume uh, Seattle was kind of a shoe-in. Also, I could feel that Seattle would be one. Um, Vegas, maybe for the obvious reason of the betting, why we would think not, but, you know, uh, football, uh, hockey, you know, over the last maybe 10 years, uh, what we once thought of betting in sports is now, I guess, something of the past so i just want to know uh, what's your odds you think now of vegas getting a team uh, an actual nba team now knowing that the g league ignite team is there first at this point for him there's no odds whenever um, adam silver says we're expanding we mm. all know we all know what he's talking about right vegas yeah like there's no odds it's going to happen it just depends on when the owners are ready to make that investment to expand because remember when there's expansion you know what i'm saying um so, you know what i'm saying like you know other teams you have to kind of draft from other teams all that stuff so right. but expansions i'm curious to know how they're going to remember the last nba expansion was in the 90s right that's the last time yeah um okay are we are we counting brooklyn like, though 
well, kind well, of Brooklyn because Brooklyn was kind of an expansion. Well, no? New, New Jersey was an expansion. It mo- they moved right. to city, but what's right, expansion? Right. I mean, I mean, right. adding a team to the league, right? Mm-hmm. Like teams move. We saw Seattle move. We saw Vancouver move, right? Those teams have moved, but I mean, adding additional teams hasn't happened since the nineties. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. That's fair. So, so I mean, it's been, and, and you know, you know, David Stern, like, he was all about expansion, but Adam Silver is mm-hmm. trying to make you know much money as possible. So maybe once. Once the market is ripe, <laughs> right? Maybe that's when he's gonna move them. <laughs> yeah. Right. And you just mentioned David Stern. Um, so back in the day, '95 um, when the Raptors got the team. Back in '93, two years before we got this, uh, the Raptors, um, we almost didn't get a team because back in the day, it's kind of ironic. Nowadays, betting is off the table. Open arms to Vegas. Um, back in '93, that almost stopped. Uh, the Raptors from getting a team. Uh, Pro line was very popular um, in Canada, particularly in Ontario. And uh, Ontario was making about $200 million a year in sports betting. And the league said, well, you know, you can't sports bet and also have a team. So uh, much of that $200 million that we get from sports betting was going toward healthcare and things like that in, 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 in the province. So they had to make a decision. Um, are we going to stop betting and go for the pro team or keep betting and forget the pro team? And they chose to uh, kind of compromise, meaning uh, they did agree to stop betting. But what they did is uh, the league said, we'll try and offset. So the league actually gave approximately, it was $10 million in total. A portion of that went toward um, cancer research. A portion of that went to tourism in the province. And another portion went to just a charitable uh, foundation, right? So, um, so I mean, it's it's like I said, it's kind of ironic that we almost didn't get. When I say we, uh, Ontario and Toronto Raptors in particular, almost didn't get a squad because of the fact of being um, involved with betting. And here we are now, a different commissioner, different time, but with Vegas getting a team. Shout out to Vegas in the G yeah. League. And you know what? Online betting is rampant, rampant, Fahim. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, it's like. You know, even this summer, Ontario officially allowed online betting um, based in Toronto. We never even had that until now because mm-hmm. a lot of people who do bet in Ontario were betting online with like, you know, I don't want to give the names because they're not sponsoring us, but you know who they are. <laughs> so at the end of the day, it's like now they're having, now, now you can bet on different apps in Toronto and so forth. So, right. yeah, I mean, it's crazy how much well, 30 years later <laughs> where we are at. When it comes to sports and betting, but betting puts so much money into these leagues now, and so having these leagues in Vegas is only going to promote uh, the league. And of course, for casual fans who do travel for bachelor parties or you know whatever trips they're going for, I mean, it only makes sense, right? Um, mm-hmm. We know Final Four is massive in Vegas, so the NBA, you know, having a team in the G League there, it, it's a perfect marriage. Perfect mm-hmm. marriage. And somebody, an alumni from the G League, like many players, uh, spent time in the G League and eventually worked their way up. One person that I didn't know was Rudy Gobert spent some time in the G League, which I found shocking. That yeah. uh, Shocking. Um, I mean, it's interesting you mentioned Rudy Gobert because I just feel like most European players, like back in the day or when he came in, they all spent like at least uh, some time in the, the D League. Because, you know, it's like they weren't sure how they can adjust to the NBA. Because, you know, how they play in North America, 
isn't really how they play in Europe, right? So mm. I'm not surprised, but I mean, I, I wasn't aware, but I'm not surprised either, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, no, most definitely. Um, all right, but, so, but, but I do want to pick up a few, uh, you know, Ignite players that came out of Ignite. They've had three uh, uh, almost t- top 10 picks um, in, the, in, the, in his first two seasons of having a team. So last year they had Jalen Green, which you mentioned, and Jonathan Kaminga, who I'm a big fan of. He's also an NBA champion as a rookie. Uh, now he's going to the second year. And Dyson Daniels this year. So clearly they are helping um, these athletes, you know, the having to go from go to college or commit to a college team. It's a great way for players to still get the same exposure you get in NCAA, but learning or adapting more to the NBA. And I think Jalen Green. I feel like he played quite well, but I feel like he kind of got, he, he played better in the latter half when he was able to do what he wanted, right? I feel like I feel like in Houston, they weren't giving him the green light. When he got it, we all saw what he did, right? And Jonathan Kaminga, I felt, was a huge piece off the bench, especially when Draymond was out, when uh, Clay was out, when Steph was out, right? Kaminga off the bench was critical and he did start a few games this season. So those mm-hmm. are two talented guys in their rookie year that had great impact on their teams and one, of course, won a championship. So definitely that I think this team is very uh, tantalizing for, <laughs> uh, for, for up-and-coming for up uh, future NBA or basketball professional players. No, most def. Shout out to, to Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, Nelly, you want to go to For the Culture? For the culture, we get to highlight individuals that do things for the culture. And today, we get to highlight Canadian-owned man from Toronto, okay? But he lives in Saga, I believe. Um, He plays for the Knicks because the Knicks don't like nice things for him. They really don't. Let's give it up to R.J. Barrett Jr. (laughs) R.J. So RJ is actually uh, an owner of the Flair Airlines. This is an airline that actually flies or uh, operates in Canada. They operate in Abbotsford, Edmonton, Kitchener, Ottawa, Toronto, Pearson, uh, Tucson, Tucson, and Vancouver. So it's pretty dope. And actually, this airline recently partnered with the CEBL as well. So the official airline for the CEBL, where, as you know, Fahim, we've been, um, uh, you know, covering the Scarborough uh, shooting. For those that don't know, CEBL is the Canadian Elite Basketball League. Yes. And if you don't know that, how how are you following us and not know who the CEBL is, okay? So thank you, Fahim, for bringing that up. But yes, it is the Canadian Elite Basketball League. So big up to RJ being an owner. So Fahim, what's your thoughts? You know, he's a young star, a, a budding star, playing in the biggest market in basketball because the Knicks is still the number one practice when it comes to, like, uh, I guess, value. And now he's also got his entrepreneur swag on being an owner of an actual airline in Canada. What's your thoughts on that, brother? Um, So first, uh, Flair. Shout out to Flair also, Flair Airlines. I think it's a great look. Uh, They chose the right uh, person um, to be in... uh, in ownership with them. I do want to mention Flair. Uh, so with the CEBL, Canadian Elite Basketball League, uh, there's 10 teams in the league. They mm-hmm. partnered with seven of these players. I sorry, seven of these teams. And uh, well, reason why- 10 teams now, it's actually 10, it's not seven. They partnered with 10 teams. 
the Capernaum team. Okay, perfect. Okay, okay. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, perfect. Okay, and um, why I think that's uh, amazing is when you look at, for instance, uh, the WNBA. Uh, that's a league that uh, you know they're looking to up their professionalism. But one of the biggest complaints of players is travel, and you know travel is something that if you're a player, that does make a difference. You know, um, games after games, just the whole experience. Travel can make a difference uh, for players. So just the fact that uh, Flair Airline has partnered uh, with a league that's nationwide and given that extra layer of professionalism, I think it's a great look for Flair. Reason why I do think that they've chosen uh, RJ Barrett and why it's a great selection is RJ Barrett, one, plays in the biggest market. He plays in New York City for the New York Knicks, one of the most valuable franchises on the planet. So um, he's doing it there. Um, if you're an airline, uh, you don't just want to be domestic, but you want to um, hop outside the borders. And mm -hmm. when you have somebody like RJ Barrett, who's in the States, um, maybe not a superstar, but he's someone that would be great, a great ambassador for it. Because why? Because he's Canadian. One. Uh, two, he's an NBA player. Um, three, also, he plays for the Canadian national team also. So, I mean, like, it's, it seems like a, a great marriage all around. So, I mean, I think they, they made a good choice with that. And one last thing I want to say, Nellie Jane, in regards to this is, R.J. Barrett, he's a 22-year-old black man, right? And he's a owner of an airline. Just the fact that this has got really very little uh, recognition from the media, I think is actually embarrassing for Canadian media to not uh, champion behind this. Embarrassing? Had the head <laughs> nod, y'all. If y'all are watching, he put he put it to the whole embarrassing. <laughs> he put his neck into it, dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, RJ Barrett, uh, you know, this is a big move. It's a power move. So shout out to RJ Barrett. Yeah, I mean, everything you said, I definitely agree and I echo, especially the fact, you know, um, we're getting, we're seeing a lot more um, Black athletes in Canada make it to the NBA. By doing that, we're going to see more revenue given to these players, you know, Andrew Wiggins, these guys are going to get paid more and more, I believe. And so they can now put money back into the Canadian econ economy and invest, right? Um, and it's something that I think is important. It's important for us to see because if you guys ever look at it, if you look at the billionaires for Canada versus the billionaires for America, guess we're less than them. But we haven't had any new billionaires like that as 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 quickly as America. America has a new billionaire every other year or every year. <laughs> In Canada, we don't get we don't have that, right? Mm -hmm. So clearly, we you know what I mean. We need. Canadian entrepreneurs to invest in Canadian marketplace to create more jobs and, of course, build the economy. And but by doing that, it's ownership, Fahim. We talk about this. Ownership is the way you become billionaires. Mm -hmm. To any billionaire, look at what they're doing. They have a vast mm -hmm. portfolio, clothing right. line, right? Investment in this company, this company. They play a sport. It's like they do all different type of um, companies and investments to become that way. So I'm just happy at 22 years old. And big up to his dad, Rowan, because, you know, Rowan got his son mentally in check, right, mm -hmm. from day one. Because Rowan runs, the, you know, Team Canada. So 
Big up to his dad, who obviously was a huge influence and understands the business of, of entrepreneurship and why it's important and got his son, of course, or maybe helped his son um, feel, feel like he needs to invest in this. So I just want to big up the entire Barrett family, but of course, big up to RJ Barrett for obviously starting the dotted line. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> And I'm also going to add uh, a comparison. Uh, so we mentioned Brooklyn. So Jay-Z. Remember when Jay-Z was an owner of the Brooklyn Nets? And just hearing, as time went on, it kind of, it was kind of leaked that, you know, uh, when we said owner, people maybe thought he had more ownership. Um, it actually worked out to be, you know, a fractional amount. Yeah. But ownership is still, you're an owner, you're an owner, you're an owner, right? Um, so, but that just hearing that Jay-Z was the owner of the Nets, that was something that, was inspiring you know people looked at it um and i kind of put this in the same lane from a canadian standpoint like i said 22 year old black man is an owner of a commercial um uh, actually technically they're an ultra low cost carrier so flair is really focused on low fares for canadians mm -hmm. and uh, that's kind of their market and their and their and their move but I just think that uh, with RJ, regardless of whatever his percentage is, um, he's an owner of, a, of, a, of an airline and a professional ball, ball player expanding his portfolio. So, you know, we got to just definitely uh, salute that move right there. So a uh, salute to RJ Barrett, uh, like you said, salute to Rowan Barrett, also uh, part of Team Canada. Um, shout out to Mike Morali for the CEBL. And shout out to just Team Canada, period. And this is a power move. And if no one's going to talk about it, you know the good rookies are. Absolutely. Oh, so, and that's why, RJ, you are for the culture. Mm -hmm. ah, ah, ah. So, of course, y'all, if, if you haven't yet, please fly Flair Airlines. Um, mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I know they're a smaller airline, but let's support Black-owned businesses. Let's try to do it, y'all. Let's try to do it. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so now, Lija, you want to go to our last segment, That's Absurd. That's Absurd. Fahim, bro, what was absurd this week? What was absurd? So ESPN had their ESPYs, and Aaliyah Boston, she plays for South Carolina. She was the women's most outstanding player of the year, and she was not invited to the ESPYs. Uh, being uh, the final four most outstanding player of the year. Absurd. Yeah, like, it's crazy. She swept every college award she was nominated for this year. And despite being nominated for best college athlete by women's sports in the SBs this year, my girl did not even get an invite. It, was, it, it didn't happen. So she actually quoted saying this, Raheem. She said, it hurt, it hurt more to see ESPN change course and invite me only after social media caught wind of it. Respectfully, I decline. I'm used to this. It's just another moment when the disrespect of Black women is brushed off as a mistake, quote-unquote, or an oversight. And I, I agree with her. If I was Aaliyah, I would do the same thing for him. I ain't showing up. I showed up. <laughs> How do you, first of all, ESBs, everyone nominated should be invited. How about that, Fahim? If I'm on a ticker or a ticker or a ticket for a nomination, 
I should get an automatic free ticket. Absurd, bro. Absurd. It's Absurd. like saying, yo, it's like being nominated for any award show and be like, yo, you're nominated for the award. Okay. Do I get a ticket to go to the show? Actually, no. You don't get a ticket, but you're awarded though. You're nominated. Like, that's absurd for you. Modernist, mm -hmm. modernist, modernist. Mm -hmm. um, and that kind of speaks to just uh, women's sport in general. You know, um, there's, we saw with the NCAA tournament how they treated, uh, especially during the pandemic bubble, uh, the difference between the men NCAA uh, players and the women NCAA players. Um, there's a lot of things that they, they really got to clean up, but for ESPN to kind of drop the ball with this, especially in the climate that we're at now, it just, that was completely exactly. upset. And, mm -hmm. and y'all, before y'all come for Fahim, he said treated. He didn't say that the WNBA should have the same thing exactly as the NBA in terms of value, but treatment means respect. Right. It means showing value and understanding that this is important, right? So at the end of the day, Fahim, you know, me and myself as a Black woman, you know, this happens to us all the time. So when, when she said that, it's like we all can relate to something where as a Black woman, it was a mistake, right? And we understand that pain mm -hmm. and it kind of like hurts. So what? She goes up there and be like, hey, I'm here now. Like, no, I'm not showing the hell up. But mm -hmm. guess what? Fahim, guess what? Next year, I'm sure it won't happen again. No. It won't happen again. Mm -hmm. And whoever, I'm sure that, okay, guys, make sure all the black women are invited to the SB, okay? <laughs> Please count every black, trust me, they're going to have a <laughs> black woman list of the nominations, okay? As it will call black woman cannot be a mistake list, okay? Yes, SB, <laughs> fix up, fix up. <laughs> Let's go to shout outs, Fahim. I, I will do a shout out. So I really want to shout out this player, Fahim. Um, actually, I'll, I have two shout outs right now. Um, my one shout out is for Andrew Nemhart. Um, he actually got drafted um, to, well, he actually got drafted in the second round with the Pacers. He just signed Fahim a deal recently. And so I think he's the first to ever have, um, I think he's the first second round draft to guarantee money um, in the second round. So this is a Canadian draft number 31. He has reached a four-year deal uh, with, with the Pacers. Four mm -hmm. years. So big up to him. Guaranteed money as well. Um, and it's actually 8.6 million contracts. It's historic for him because it hasn't been done before. So big up to our Canadian Andrew Nemhard on your new What's deal. What's never been done before? Making history. He, a second, uh, um, second round draft pick who was drafted this second past Second round. He was, drafted, he was drafted like in 2022. He just got drafted and yeah. he signed an historic 8.6 million contract. And he just got drafted. So he's guaranteed money already. And the guy hasn't played in the NBA yet. And no one's had guaranteed money before uh, no. getting drafted. Not, really? not in the second round. Not in the second round. Really? Never in the second round. No. First round, yes. Second round, no. So it is historic. So, mm -hmm. so actually, yeah. So, so, so he was selected. He was the first pick in the second round. So the 31st pick, right? And so he's the first second round pick, uh, second round player to ever get a contract like this before. 8.6 million, guaranteed 6.4 in the first three years. The most ever for collegiate second round pick reported, right? Ever. So he's been, so he's getting paid the most. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And this is, this is a, a Canadian player in the second round. Mm -hmm. So 
Big up to him making history today. Um, just want to shout him out. And of course, AJ Lawson from the CEBL, he actually got picked up on a two-way deal with the Timberwolves. So the CEBL yes. is just helping, you know, uh, these athletes get into the NBA, and I'm loving it. So my shout-out is the two Canadian athletes, because I know, because I did my Googles, AJ Lawson and Andrew Dumhart. <laughs> nice. How about you, How about you for him? Your shout-out. So I think I'll shout out. I'm going to go with uh, LeBron James. Shout out to LeBron James in year 19 and a half, called year 20, uh, going into the Drew League. Um, he's won, He's been to the Drew League before, but, you know, imagine playing a long season, 82 games. Then after, uh, you know, having what it takes to go and run in the summer while training and using uh, the Drew League as a way to not only just keep him in shape, keep him relevant, but also uh, add to his legacy. He had 40-plus points and put on a show in L.A. Uh, where he plays. So shout-out to LeBron James uh, for adding another notch to his legacy with the Drew League. Yeah, I mean, he played before, too, back in the day. So it's the second stand. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Pretty cool. Big up to LeBron. Mm -hmm. All right, Joe. Yes, definitely. All right. So I guess we'll put this episode in the books. That's right, y'all. That's the Good Rookie Show. Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, y'all, if you had a good time, you enjoyed yourself, please like, subscribe. We're on all social media platforms, okay? And tell a friend to tell a friend for you. Yeah, we're on all platforms if you are looking for us. That's right. It's Good Rookies Podcast. And we out. Peace. Peace.